Hello friends, welcome to the After Hours Lounge, welcome back if you're a regular listener. My name is Sandy, I am your host um, and I'm very excited to be bringing you this episode. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a little while now. Uh, it is with uh, my man Jono, um, who uh, along with his brother and his best friend started a company called Life Jacket. Uh, at the kind of start of 2020, uh, Life Jacket Skin, they're a kind of uh, skincare sun cream brand, skin protection brand, um, originally aimed at men, now aimed uh, at both men and women, um, but aimed at, you know, high performance sports um, and also generally just trying to raise awareness um, of, of skin cancer um, and try and encourage people to, to wear sun cream more often. Um, essentially obviously for me as a windsurfer and I'm sure for a lot of you listening um, also as you know windsurfers surfers I know a lot of you guys who listen are into the kind of water sports um, I'm sure you're with me on it that you probably neglect wearing sun cream as much as you probably should um, and that was where this conversation went of, of why we should be wearing sun cream um, why uh, the the statistics show that far more men are dying of skin cancer uh, than women um, why men seem to feel like they're invincible um, you know, perhaps don't need to, to worry about things. Um, and we also talked about cancer on the whole a bit more. Um, Jono and a few of his friends uh, were all diagnosed with um, with various forms of cancer um, in, in their kind of early to mid 30s. Uh, fortunately, they all made a full recovery, but we kind of chatted about uh, about, you know, his journey with that and how that affected him. So if you have been affected by cancer, be aware that it may trigger you slightly, although um, that's the idea of these conversations you know we want to open up conversations and make people comfortable talking about these perhaps difficult conversations and I hold my hands up as well and say uh, you know cancer it's it's not so, not something I'm very comfortable talking about even though it hasn't necessarily affected me hugely in my personal life I'm fortunate enough that um, you know beyond uh, one of my one of my grandmothers uh, dying of breast cancer it, it, it's not affected my family in a huge way but still I feel uncomfortable talking about it so it was good to talk to John about that. But yeah, largely we talked about uh, skin care, why men don't look after their skin as much as women do, from moisturiser to uh, feeling like they can beat the sun um, and don't have to wear sun cream. So it was, yeah, a really interesting conversation. I hope you guys get as much out of it uh, as I did. hope you guys enjoy listening. Uh, yeah, please do enjoy my conversation with Jono from Life Jacket. Jono Sumner. Jono, I've been wanting to... To chat to you for a while. I've been a fan of the brand of Life Jacket. Uh, firstly, um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. No, cheers for having me, Sandy. Very uh, kind of you to get me involved. No, it's a pleasure, mate. As I said, you know, um, well, I mean, I'll I'll kind of let you let you get into it in detail. But um, I've I've been a fan of your uh, your 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 skincare brand, Life Jacket, for a while. Um, and then this summer, I was using it a lot. I know you you sponsor a couple of a uh, couple of my friends, and they let me use it, so I didn't get a burnt nose while I was out in Greece this summer. But um, I suppose, yeah, without me telling your story for you, um, can you go into a little bit of, of, of kind of who you are without, you know, obviously we don't need to have a history lesson, but I know I know you. there's, there's been a bit of a, an interesting route um, for you getting to the, the point where you're at. So just kind of introduce yourself and, and tell tell everyone, um, yeah, who you are. Yeah, cheers, Annie. Well, yes, so I'm John. I'm one of the three co-founders of Life Jacket. Um, the other two guys involved are my best friend from school and my brother, maybe another best friend as well. So awesome. three of us. I guess probably launched Life Jacket very end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And the start point for it all was actually um, in our in our early 30s. Um, you, you know, you know, you can relate to this. You know what guys are like. There's that sense of when you're in your 20s and your early 30s, you're indestructible. Nothing will ever happen to you. You'll worry about stuff tomorrow. And we actually had um, four of our good friends were all diagnosed with different forms of cancer. Um, you know, all all fit guys, sort of all you know, love this sport, being outside, running around and stuff. 
and you know such is the nature of cancer that it can be pretty indiscriminate and um it was actually billy um you know one of the other co-founders that stumbled across the statistic that men are twice as likely to die from skin cancer as women and he sort of did a bit more digging around and you know the, the reality is there is no biological reason for this difference it's simply down to habit and behavior and attitudes so we started taking a look i think all of us we'd had different jobs at different points and this seems to just be the right time and the right moment for us all to get involved and do something that we cared about something positive something helpful uh yeah something we're passionate about which is a, a big deal for us and and yeah we sort of set about speaking to as many yeah if i'm being very honest to start with as many men as we could uh just to understand their habits how they viewed it uh you know starting to get an idea and understanding of why the statistics were as they were so you know what we came across, and it really won't come as a surprise to anyone, but that's, there's a whole host of reasons. Uh, but men on the whole are less receptive to putting things on their skin, be that combination of bravado, when it happened to me, I don't need it, I don't like the products. There aren't that many products out there uh, that really sort of tailor it to that end. And so that's what we did. We set about making a range of products. My brother is the, uh, the technical whiz on all this, so he's the guy that puts all the formulations together. But what we knew we really wanted to do is... We wanted to make products that not only people enjoyed using and it felt good and addressed loads of people's you know, typical objections, but actually the most important thing is that we're high performance and didn't compromise on protection at all. So, you know, a good couple of years of, of work in the labs to try and get that. And we launched at the very beginning of 2020. Um, and, Oops. you know, obviously an interesting time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, of course, interesting time for everyone, but you know, it's, yeah. it's always an opportunity to learn and, and understand what we're doing. And yeah, and we sort of launched that. And I think over the, you know, sort of a bit, you know, as you will know, sort of over the years, we've morphed a bit. I mean, I think at the start point, we're very much perceived as a sun care brand for men. Um, but a huge part of our message is the importance of looking after your skin every single day, um, both from UV and from all other external aggressors, you know, cold, um, air conditioning, pollution, all these kind of things. So we, we've morphed a bit. So we're now really, you know, if, if I was to define life jacket or a skin protection brand for anyone, anyone that wants to take care of their skin and, and wants a performance product that suits them. So, so yeah, and that sort of really brings us up to today and where we are now with, with the range of stuff that we do. But um, yeah, we're really, you know, I think you know this, we're really a, we're a mission-led brand that we want to, skin cancer doubled in the last 20 years and is forecast to double again in the next 20. And our mission is to hold that increase. So um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that's involved in that products are one part of it, but also raising awareness, um, and helping people understand the facts to other massive parts so that people can look after themselves and know when they're at greater risk uh, than other times and, and make their own informed decision. Absolutely. Um, I mean, and it, breathe. And, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that was good. It's almost as if you've uh, said that before, Johnny. You'd like you've rehearsed, exactly. like you've rehearsed that. That was, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much for me to, to unpack there, but I suppose the first thing I want to start with is something, to be honest, I haven't really talked about um on the podcast at all and that is the 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 big c word cancer um it's it's kind of a word in general that often scares a lot of people and i'll i'll hold my hand up and say it, it does me as well i it, it's something i don't like talking about and I'll, I'll you know you see an advert on the tv and sometimes i'm like i, I don't want to watch this and things and it, it does kind of scare you away it was and and maybe that that goes into my kind of male uh no it's not 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 gonna affect me i'm all right you know things like that but I, I don't know. Was was that kind of how you um was that was that how you felt before your your friends were were diagnosed and and how how did that period of your life play out? How how did your attitude towards it change? Because I know um I think I'm right in saying you had it as well. 
Yeah, I, I was diagnosed with bowel cancer when I was 34. So, you know, re- relatively young for uh, for some, well, for most forms of cancer, uh, bowel cancer, which was ultimately down to bad luck. It ha- you know, that's the nature of cancer. It can be pretty indiscriminate and unfair. Of course, depending on the form of cancer, there are different things that you can do to, to give yourself the best chance. But some things are just, um, are just unfortunate. And uh, yeah. I, I think there's a reality that, you know, when we all go through this in ages and stages of life, but, you know, sort of when you're when you're 20 something, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, quite rightly, you know, none of your peers on the whole are going through, you know, serious illnesses. Yeah. It's, it's when you start to, I'm, I'm generalizing it, when you start to sort of hit your 30s, and if, you know, you'll get the odd one of friend or something that has to do with something, but also it's your parents as well start to, you know, you, you and your friend's parents start to hit that age where where these things come into play. So, you know, I, I think in a way, if you're in your 20s, quite rightly, you shouldn't have to think about it or worry about it, right? There's, there's, a, time and, there's a time and a place, and it, it's, it maybe isn't then. So, um so yeah, you know, you, you get these things, and it's just, um, you know, I think it's that that sense of being, um, you know, fallible or susceptible to something for the first time. You're like, oh, I'm not actually invincible, mm. um, you know. And of course, you we know it. If, if, none of us, none of us really think we're superheroes, but it's obviously not in the forefront of your mind. So, um, so yeah, I guess it was just that moment of it's sort of uh, it's the surprise of it, and then uh, yeah, the mortality of it obviously comes onto your radar. But it's not something you thought about before. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, for, you know, boys were fought, you know, fantastically. All, um, you know, everyone, you know, my group of friends, myself, all made full recoveries, which was great, and and also a testament to to their to their youth and their them being in reasonably good shape, which is a massive help, you know, going yeah. to dealing with anything like this. So, um, so yeah, it's, it was definitely a it's definitely a, a surprise and not a word you think you'd be hearing of yourself or yeah. your mates when you're thirty something. Is there or or was there a kind of certain amount of um? maybe camaraderie is the wrong word, but the, the fact that you guys now looking back have all gone through it together, you know, uh, does, ha, ha, has that kind of helped or has that, if anything, made it, made it a bit more real going, God, it wasn't just me. It was also some people that I'm really close to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, I guess there is, you know, it's that, that sort of difference between sympathy and empathy where if you've experienced something, you can start to relate to some of the, yeah, even the small bits and pieces, not the, the yeah. whole big horrible things of, of it as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think sort of having shared, yeah, shared experiences always helps uh, speaking yeah. to people in those. And I, I think you know the other thing I, I sort of, if ever I'm asked about it, the other thing I say is there is no right or wrong way to deal with that kind of diagnosis. Um, you know, to some people, you know, at that moment it's about getting through it in whatever way best suits you. And mm. um, you know, I was really lucky that the time actually between diagnosis and surgery and it's sort of me getting you all clear was a very a pretty short window um right. it was really really very quick so it's i didn't have a huge amount of time to to dwell on it or it to, to be a worry and also and <clears throat> totally unjustifiably there was just never any doubt in my mind that i'd be okay but again i'm not saying that's because there's no fact in that i just thought well look you know i'm with some you know medicine's an incredible thing now and with great team of people and i just there was no doubt in my mind that they'd uh they sorted it out so i had complete faith right. but um but yeah you know it's, it's it's that thing there's there's no right or wrong way uh to deal with it and for some people it's more scary than others some people just want to deal with it on their own other people want to share it with a bigger group mm. and you've just got to do whatever whatever it is that works for you um to get through it yeah absolutely i think and that that's a big thing i say you know about about you know mental health as well and and kind of anything in general is you know with these things there is there there's of course certain paths that are perhaps more conducive to uh a good outcome than other ones um but ultimately yeah it, everyone's kind of got to figure it out for them for themselves essentially um yeah it's yeah absolutely it's 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 such a 
it's such a difficult yeah as i said it, it's it's not a like you said it's almost cool that you said that that um when you're in your 20s you almost just shouldn't you know because i think some people you do you do feel guilt for it don't you when you're whether it's an advert that comes up on tv or even sometimes when someone you know you hear about someone 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 who's got it and things and you find yourself going well it's it's sad but kind of is is what it is and like you said certain certain certainly it boils down to kind of luck of the draw when it comes to that um but then yeah i mean and, and again you know I, I'm, I'm not a medic i'm not trained but there are certain you know it varies i mean this is true of anything to, involving our well physical and mental well-being but there are loads of things you can do to give yourself say the best chance but yeah. uh you know make sure that you're in a you're, you're sort of in good nick and lifestyle choices and work-life balance and all this kind of stuff for sure and um yeah you know i i just it's um yeah it's just it's finding your balance isn't it do you think that played into your um into your mindset of like everything's going to be okay like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this i'm gonna get over this or you you strike me as quite a pragmatic man you know you're fairly logical um, was it was it that side of it, or was it more the kind of manifesting and enthusiasm for no, I'm I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I or think my it... wife would probably say I'm dead inside, but um, <laughs> uh, I like to think I've got a bit more a bit more compassion for me than that. But um, yeah, I think you know it, there is a pragmatism to it, and it's um, you know again it, just the way it worked for me and the way I looked at it was I'm in the hand of experts. I'm young. I'm reasonably fit. Um, I've got every reason to believe that this will be you know. Okay, it'll be a minor bump in the road, and it's it's sort of you know the recovery from it and chemotherapy. It, it sort of drags it out a bit, but um, but yeah, I just I you know I, I am a I'm a positive person yeah. by nature. Um, so so yeah, it's um, I don't, I just I didn't I, I just didn't find myself dwelling on it to be honest with you greatly. Awesome. I just uh, but again, I had a really short window between going and seeing a consultant for the first time, and then I think I was in surgery um, two weeks later. Oh wow! Um, just because they said, "Yeah, let's uh, I, I, just let's get on with it." You know, it's we know what we're taking a look. We know what needs to happen, so let's go. There's no point hanging around. So, oh, um, so to you know, I can imagine, for example, if you have a diagnosis, or if you have a reason to believe that that might be the diagnosis, and that that goes on for weeks and months or even years, I can certainly imagine how that really starts to play on you know play on your yeah. minds and you. It's you said again, yeah, the mental health or well being side of things. So um, yeah, but you know, it's um coming back to it and yeah i think one of the interesting things is um the you know coming back to the difference between men or women um is that one of the contributors to um the higher mortality rate amongst men is the speed uh with which they seek medical advice and opinion when they notice something's wrong so the, st the stats are um i think in the uk there men are 1.74 times more likely to be diagnosed but fractionally over two um, two times more likely to die. And that difference is invariably um, caused by the period that they wait to get something checked out and they go and get that, you know, get that mole looked at or get that something that isn't quite right. So, um, you know, that's, I guess that's my one small piece of advice to anyone is if you notice something, go and get it looked at by a professional. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it comes down to like what you said, you know, men, especially uh, younger, but I, I don't know. This is something I've been thinking about um, for a while. And incidentally, I, I didn't think it would make its way into this conversation. But actually, I'm quite interested to speak to you about it. Um, I've noticed a lot on, on social media. I'm For, for context, I'm 31 now. Um, but I've noticed a lot of people around my age, maybe late 20s, even you know a couple of years older than me. And it's all kind of pictures on social media of, oh, in bed by nine o'clock. And, oh, I don't dare stay out past 11 now. And 
you know, this and oh, my back's really sore. It's because I'm 30 now mm. and all this. And I, I got to say, I'm 31. I've, I've never felt better in my life. And that's down to I've I've kind of made certain changes. You know, I don't really drink much alcohol anymore. I do far more physical activity than I've e- ever done and things. I, I feel better than I ever have. So, you know, what, what we're saying earlier about, you know, men specifically feeling invincible and then that whole thing of this narrative now of people, as soon as they turn 30, they're like, suddenly they behave like they're 70. Um, I wonder if, if you, given your unique situation and, and, you know, your friends as well, who've been you know diagnosed with cancer and go over it. I wonder if you can, you can speak to this, this phenomenon I've seen and, and how, how you kind of, uh, have have navigated that, I suppose. I, I think there's a question in there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about, I mean, you know, look, we've all been sort of, you know, we've all been, well, we've all been 18, 19, 20, 21. And like, you know, I mean, there's a part of me, I'm, I'm sure I'll get sat risk. There's a part of me that, you know, there's a time and place for going out and being an idiot. Um, yeah. And maybe that's then. And there's a reality as we get older, you know, certain things, you know, our bodies need a bit more TLC. So of course yeah. that all that all plays into it. I think a lot of it is the kind of you said the outlook. If you you know you've got a positive, optimistic, you know, kind of outlook things, I think that that all certainly really helps. Um so yeah, you know, I it's um I don't know. I mean we all we I think one of the great one of the really positive things if I direct it towards like you know my our area of skin skin yeah. protection and skin cancer uh, as as a comparable, I think one of the things that will really help the mission of um, you know raising awareness and people who have their skin and halting this increase in skin cancer is that thankfully there's it's no longer sort of I guess frowned upon to be seen to be taking care of yourself especially for men I think you know yeah. if you go back 10 20 30 50 whatever years I'm sure it gets worse and worse as you go back through time you know that whole notion of sort of sucking it up and putting yourself through the ringer and all this that and the other as a kind of badge of honor and anyone saying otherwise is, is, is kind of you know looked at rather oddly so I think you know there's definitely that and then also I think um tying to what you're saying there Sandy is this it's this notion of it's you know to talk like to be open and talk about how you want to you know be in good shape or to talk about your own physical mental well-being and stuff is is, is kind of people share far more readily now um mm. and I'm, I'm sure there's a generation that will say too readily maybe I don't know but um but the, the point the key thing is, is if the end point is in your instance for example that you feel better than you've ever felt well then that's that's what it's about right like you can't ask for, you can't ask for more than that yeah um so um so yeah you look hey look it's a balance and as i said there's sort of um you know i've got a i've got a young son i, I sort of you know I'm, I'm not gonna be telling him that he should be sort of you know in his teenage years and early 20s in bed by an eight so that he can sort of you know i mean let's get let's go and experience the world a bit but um but yeah, yeah. you know it's it's a thing but we all know it as well the other thing is quite addictive right when you feel good it's quite addictive and you want to feel good tomorrow and you want to feel good the day yeah. after that and then it amplifies when you don't feel good you feel proportionally worse because you come from a higher point and all this kind of stuff ties into it and i think it's a lot of that you know it's like you know it's, it's addictive and you want to feel good yeah absolutely i think that's that's um that's definitely something that i've i've found over a while and i think that comes down to things like building habits doesn't it you know as you as, as soon as you start to build a habit whether it's oh, i've been i've been going to the gym five times a week for the last six weeks now and then suddenly as you said you know you go on holiday you take a week off whatever and then you, you suddenly feel like shit and you're like, well, the, the last 10 years before these past six weeks, I've never been to a gym. So why, why in this six weeks, suddenly I feel so awful for behaving the same way I did in those previous 10 years before this It is remarkable how you build a kind of uh, a habit that, that betters you, whether it's, um, you know, mental or physical 
although they're, they're so interlinked, I think, anyway. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it does make you you feel better. Mo- moving on to um, to, to something, uh, the biggest thing I wanted to, to chat to you about, and that, that is the kind of skincare aspect of it. And what you said there about, you know, men especially are far more open to um, to, to looking after themselves in, in that way. Um, I think kind of early early 2000s and stuff like D- David Beckham, what do they call it? Like metrosexual or something. He was like a man who kind of looked after himself a bit more and went shopping and like, you know, bought himself moisturizer and things like that. They, they kind of literally put a name on it like that as if, as if it was weird. Um, and then I think it was that, certainly different, right? I guess that's the point. It was different. Yeah. And it's also, and also realistically, it's probably corporate branding wanting to capitalize on it and, and try and, you know, draw, draw in a picket line and get, you know, people on, on one side of it to go, Oh yeah, I want to be like that, you know, um, which to, to, to me is brilliant. And it's, I've, I've been, I, I don't know whether like I, I get particularly dry skin. So I've been putting moisturizer on like my arms, legs and face since I was like 14 years old, but I was always aware that none of my other friends did that. And certainly when I was younger, I felt like I had to hide that. And I was like, they're, you know, they're like, what, what what, are you doing? What's what's that on your desk? You know, and they're like, what's what's that? What's the lotion for? And, you know, obviously you're a teenage boy. But <laughs> actually, actually, it was for me to put on my face every morning because I had dry skin and I lived in freezing cold highlands of Scotland. And my, you know, my face cracked up like an alligator, um, you know, but I, I always felt um, I, I always felt a bit awkward about that um about you know the the kind of ski and this was without me even considering the um you know like like we said this isn't me thinking 10 years in the future of oh i'm gonna have wrinkles or oh i'm i'm gonna get skin cancer and things like that it was purely just a day-to-day it makes my skin feel better my face doesn't feel you know really tight or anything like that um and i think now and and maybe it's because of my age but now suddenly I, i don't feel like there is that stigma anymore is there you know, it's, it's certainly diminishing, right? And I, I think there's um, the whole world, you know, if, if you concentrate on men here, but the whole thing of male grooming uh, is yeah. becoming an increasing thing. And I know part of that is a, a cosmetic or an aesthetic, uh, but there is also, you know, there is a, a very definite medical benefit to it in terms of in terms of our skin and its health um, in the short, medium and long term. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, it's like a lot of these things. It's, uh, you know, I say taboo, but the sort of, uh, it's far more, it's far more common practice. Um, and again, I, I think, you know, my line would always be what's the motivation for it. And, uh, you know, mine is, mine isn't a, I mean, when, when it comes to skin, it's interesting because really it's whatever your motivation. And this, this is a big part of our message, whatever your motivation, whether or not it's, I don't want my skin to age and wrinkles to yeah. sunspots all the way through to preventing cancer. The cause of all of them is the same and therefore the solution is the same. It's, yeah. you know, on the, on the whole, you know, to make sure your skin's protected from UV on a daily basis. That's it. And, you know, if you look back at the messaging, basically 85% of skin aging is caused by UV. Wow. So when you see a product that the best thing you can do to protect your skin is wear UV every day. Now, from a marketing sense, you might pitch that at a particular group and demographic because you know that group's motivation is I don't want wrinkles. I don't want, you know, crow's feet, whatever it is. There will also be another group who couldn't care less about that. But on the whole, they just want to make sure that they don't, you know, get that cumulative UV damage that can cause skin cancer. But they're the same thing. They're just different ends of a yeah. sun damage or UV damage spectrum. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's much. And that's part of it that that's part of the explanation of the differing difference in stats you see between men and women is that 
you know, over the years, uh, you know, historically women have had a far greater focus on anti-aging. It's yeah. You, you look at it, and you look at any magazine, all the marketings that are out there. It's it, that's actually the driving motivation. I mean, you know, makeup or foundation to give you an idea. That is a mineral UV protection. So you know, anyone that wears foundation or makeup, they're basically using a, an SPF 50 plus product every single day. Um, now they might not realise or know that that's protecting their skin or that it's you know it's reducing their chances of skin cancer, but that's exactly what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas I suppose men, you know, haven't haven't grown up with getting used to putting things on their face like that. Like for for example, looking at it from my um quite specific lens of being a, a windsurfer and having work seasons and things like that. I remember my first couple of seasons and you know, we'd we'd go into the the beach hut or we you know the, the central point of where we all worked, and there'd be there'd be kind of sun cream that the guests would leave and stuff. And thinking back to it, I do remember I don't remember any of the boys ever really putting sun cream on because we were all just, you know, kind of puffing your chest up. Be like, I don't need to put sun cream on. I want to get a tan. I want to get a tan. I don't need to put sun cream on. You know. Well, there's a ma- you know there's a massive and this is a cultural thing. There's a huge challenge, um, and we've all done it. We're all guilty of it. But if someone goes well on holiday, comes back with a tan, we go, oh, well, you look well. You look healthy. Yeah. And there there is no such thing as a healthy tan. It doesn't exist. All a tan is is your body saying it's alerting you to the fact that there is it's been exposed to excess uv protection that it can't defend itself yeah and that's what it's telling you so it's a cultural thing right and i I think on the whole if you look over the last you know 10 20 40 years a tan in western cultures broadly has been seen as a good thing right because Mm. it means you're out you're on holiday you're out there and about look you come out from holiday you go to work the next day in the white shirt you're feeling you know more sexy and stuff it's all happened and i think the other sort of thing i sometimes use as a comparison is if you you know head to the other side of the world and and some more of the eastern cultures, um, you know it's actually um, people want uh, paler skin or, yeah. or whiter skin or fairer skin, and part of that historically in some in, in some countries is because to be seen to be suntanned is to be associated with manual labour or outdoor yeah. work, which is is higher you know it's, it is not as held in higher regard in some societies, um, but. You know, but then you also you get these you, you get it in East, it's, uh, skin bleaching is far more common. So people bleach their skin to achieve this paler effect. And you know, if I say to you now, people bleach their skin, um, or you say that's only with your friends, they would go, that is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And yet, why is it any different with some of that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think yeah, in, in like Asia and stuff, it's it's like a sign of a sign of wealth to have really pale skin, isn't it? Um, and then yeah, alternately, fairer skin. So yeah. You know. exactly and but then, you, you, re- you realize what i say you what one is up against there's, there's a cultural hurdle to overcome because people now want to go away and they want to get a tan because they, they look they feel better with a tan um and so you know that that's certainly I, I think it's diminishing a bit as people become you know that word gets out there and spread more about the reality of what a tan is we all say look if you want a tan fake it it's absolutely, you know never ever 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 use a sunbed they are mm. the worst things in the world mm. but you know a spray tan or a, a fake tan that you rub on absolutely great you know go for it but um you know a suntan from from lying out in the in your in your swimming costume all day is um is not a desirable thing it's, it's just your skin aging yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I hold my hands up. Say, I, I love, you know, coming back from Greece the last few weeks. I'm like, oh, I've got a tan, and then, you know, we're off to, I'm going, going to Brazil for a few weeks, and I'll be coming back in December, and I'm sure I'll be, uh, I'm sure I'll be, you know, very brown. And you, you it, it's mad, yeah. I mean, I'm. You, completely... you dare, Sandy? You dare come? Yeah, I should, but I've got this. That reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 
I'm um yeah I am I am completely indoctrinated into it of like I um yeah completely indoctrinated that I I I having a tan makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, you know? and, but you know also the other thing is like if you look at it in a small world, I'm, I'm making this up, I don't know, but you know it can become a cultural thing. But even within a community, right? Like so if you take the windsurfing world and community. Mm you know overtly or otherwise it might be a thing is like that's what windsurfers do right they have a tan yeah. and there's a you know it's, it's just part of the culture and the fabric of the sport and the activity and the and the community so um you know all of these things are uh definitely at play um but again it's just a case of if you know and that's that's why you know f- for us to achieve what we're going to achieve you know offering our products is one part of it but raising awareness and p- helping people understand the facts is such a huge part for us we invest a huge amount of time. We work with um, Melanoma UK, who are the UK's largest you know, melanoma-focused charity. Mm. And so raising awareness about it is um, is a huge part of what we do. Yeah, I think I think something something else that I've noticed as well is, um, and, and again, this is me looking through my specific lens, but also in terms of like men having a tan and things like that, generally water sports is kind of leading the charge of that's what that's what the ideal man looks like. You know, they're they're ripped, they're tanned, and they've got beautiful blonde hair. You know, um, and and but the interesting thing for me is looking at like uh, you know larger companies and things marketing now. There are a lot of things that would go against that. You know, suddenly you've got um, a load of companies releasing like long sleeve hooded rash vests. You know, to to keep you out of the sun. And it, it I've certainly noticed a change in the last few years with um, with companies that that I follow and that I buy things from, and with, within my kind of uh, wheelhouse and, and industry that I follow. Uh, you know, water sports, surfing, windsurfing, things like that. I, I have noticed a bit of a change and, you know, suddenly it's not guys in Hawaii with their shirts off looking ripped and holding a surfboard. Suddenly they've got a long sleeve rash vest on and like uh, a kind of boonie hat thing on, you know, they and, and they've got like a, a white nose from zinc, you know, so it's, um, it, it's definitely changing, which, and I think that, uh, especially for men, I think men often look to brands and, and, and people that they look up to um a lot more than well, i don't know women probably do as well but I, I suppose it's difficult for me to speak to that because i'm a man but i know i certainly do you know i look well, at we, know, we all we all have we all have role models in certain <laughs> yeah, things we're all you know we're all susceptible or influenced by by these role models and, and people you know we look up to or follow so yeah absolutely if you sort of get that positive message you know i would view it as a positive message yeah, about sort of covering up and stuff and keeping yourself safe then yeah. um then that's uh you know that's absolutely a good thing yeah. And, and like I said, you know, suddenly you see you see one of these role models, some one of these people you look up to and they're wearing that and dressing like that. Suddenly as a man or a young a young man or anything, suddenly you go, oh, maybe maybe it's not so lame to have a little sun cream on or maybe actually I'm not too bothered about having having a tan and, 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 and things like that. You know, it's but it again, it, cultural things like that, they're, they're not something that you can you can change straight away. You know, it's something you've seen in, you know, mental health, especially. It'll be, it'll be like, um, imagine smoking, right? If, if someone had said to you 25, 30 years ago that we'd be at the stage we are now in terms of very often the societal perception of smoking or it's, it's, it's it, these, these big moves take time uh, yeah. and they take time. There's a whole range of sort of, small steps in between it becoming uh becoming a success but um but you know it's just keep that message out there keep giving people the right information and um and they'll get there i, I think you know the, the other the other slight challenge that some of these things face uh you know, if i take the skin as an example is the body is great the human body is fantastic at telling you when something's wrong and it typically tells you quite quickly right so if you cut your finger you bleed and your body yeah. is very very quickly telling you that there's an element of damage and it draws attention to it 
and obviously starts that recovery process. I think the slight catch um, or slight change when it comes to skin damage is, and sorry, this uh, by all means edit edit this out, Sam, if it all gets a bit boring. But you've no, got two types of UV rays: UVA and UVB. UVB rays are the rays that cause us to burn, so mm. they they don't penetrate the skin quite as deeply, um, and that's what causes us to burn. Um, it's UVB rays are most prevalent when the sun's highest in the sky, so that tends to be in the middle of the day and especially during summer. But the catch is, is only 5% uh, of all UV that reaches us is UVB. The other 95% is UVA. Now, this penetrates your skin much deeper um, and it doesn't cause you to burn, um, but it accounts for that 95%. And it is equally present throughout the year. It is as present in January as it is in July as it is in November. It's equal. But the the... The problem or the catch of it is there's no immediate indicator of excess UVA exposure, really, in the same way when you when you burn, you know, you're out in the day, you get home, you get in the shower, you scream because yeah. it bloody hurts. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas UVA damage is a bit different. And it's, you know, that's the catch. UV damage accumulates over years. So you won't notice it after one day, one week, one month, one year. You'll mm-hmm. notice it after five, 10, 15, 20 years. And so convincing someone, especially, you know, the younger the person, often the harder it is to convince, but convincing someone when they're 20 to do something that will benefit them when they're 50, that's a long view uh, and a slightly tougher message to to convey. But as you said, with the the shift in attitudes to sort of looking after yourself in all manner and walks of life, I think it's probably, it's one more and more younger people are taking on, which is fantastic. And equally, you've got, um, you know, countries like the UK and things like that, where perhaps the weather isn't, quite so favorable um trying to convince them on a cloudy day you know a day looking out like today there's a bit of blue sky around but it's largely kind of overcast it's difficult convincing them to go out and go hey you should still put a bit of sun cream on because usually like i i mean i i'll hold my hands up and say if you told me that uh five six six seven years ago whatever you like put sun cream on i'd have been like fuck off i don't need any sun cream you know um it, it, but that's you know that's i mean that's why you know for example one of these you know we do a we do a daily moisturizer that has SPF in it. And the point of that is it's just trying to establish, there we go. It's just trying to establish, um, it's trying to establish that routine, right? So it's, you know, moisturization is something that I'd say a fair number of men do, which is fantastic. It's a Mm. kind of the product we have, it's a moisturizer with that added benefit. So why wouldn't you? Um, That's the kind of, that's, and that was important to us for us as a brand is we don't want, we want to offer a range of products that people will use all year round. Um, and that's why having a moisturizer with SPF was so important to us because for just that reason is people aren't going to apply sun cream or sun gel or sun screen um, every single day before they commute to work. But are they going to use a moisturizer? Far more likely. Um, yeah. So sort of that's one way around to, to look at it or tackle it. And that's something as well. I've, no- I've noticed uh, my, my girlfriend, we've been together for six years and I've noticed even when we first got together, her, her moisturizer always said SPF on it and mine never did. My my kind of men's brand moisturizer never had any SPF in it, but hers hers always was like, I remember it was at least 15. Um, yeah. And, and, remember, and, and possibly the, the push would have been anti-aging. That would probably uh, Yeah, be, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah but uh, trying it. to, you know, selling that to, to men and stuff, they obviously, of course, as, as men, you, you do care about it. But I think, again, it, it's a cultural thing. You haven't been quite as indoctrinated to look as young as possible all the time. Do you know what I mean? You know, men, uh, you know, don't don't have that that pressure on them to look young, um, and like like women do. So obviously, <clears throat> anti aging isn't going to mean as much. Well, uh, I think the other thing is like if I can imagine to if you can do 
if you're doing something for yourself, that's the motivation, right? So it's it's not to attach to look young for others. It's just to look after your own, you know, save your skin, so to speak. Um, yeah. Then yeah, that's a that's a that's a critical thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 a really interesting thing. And then, do you think as well? Obviously, uh, you know, cancer covers such a broad um, range of kind of illnesses and things. Do you think perhaps people don't take skin cancer as seriously because perhaps some, you know, it, it's not it, it's not as serious as um, other other kind of cancers out there? Yeah, I think I think as ridiculous as it sounds, I think that might might play a part that people think, oh, skin yeah. skin cancer is pretty treatable. Um, so yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I think people say that, but you know, I imagine if you ask those same people when they are when they sat in that room and they're told they have cancer, whether they still feel as blasé about it yeah. only being skin cancer, you know, it's that's sort of the challenge. But um, but you know, I, I think again, ninety percent of uh of skin cancers are, are avoidable, so it's very much it's in our hands that, um, and I you know I certainly. I absolutely reckon what you say is is a consideration and a factor, yeah. um, which is a great shame. But again, you know, it's sort of uh, I would implore people to to think differently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. It's it, it, but it's just it's just something I I, I was thinking about and wondering because I think I, I I would imagine that would play a thing into it. You know, really hearing you've got cancer in one of your organs that you feel are fairly essential compared to skin, you perhaps go well, but actually skin skin is an organ in itself, isn't it? You know, it's, it's our it's our it's our body's biggest organ. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's it's fa fairly important to anyone out there listening. You got to look at uh, it's reasonably it. critical. I mean, one of the thing, one of the things that we do as well, which uh, again, it's this whole, it's this whole. Um, you know, we're very much about sort of detection and prevention. So anyone that buys through us, we they also get a um, a free seven day trial or use of an app by Skin Vision, which uses um, art you can use your mobile phone and app on your mobile phone to take pictures, and it then uses artificial intelligence. In collaboration with a team of experts to assess those images right. and you then get a recommendation <laughs> on the app about what you should do and whether or not you should go and see a specialist with it so Brilliant. it's just we're trying to do as many things as we can to both yeah. encourage people to take it seriously at the beginning to look after their skin and notice any changes there's a, a sort of you know an abcd list if you will uh, when it comes to changes in, in moles or tags and uh, yeah but also given the equipment you know the products to use but also the equipment to keep monitoring it and, and keep an eye on keep an eye on it yeah, absolutely. And then um, do you look looking at it and things, you know, and, and when we spoke the other week as well, you said, you know, initially Life Jacket started very much as like a men's thing um, and it, it was trying to help men. And, and you said now now that's kind of diversified. I know you said it at the, at the beginning of the conversation. Was that um, was that purely because you realized that whilst men struggle with this and things like that, women, women also get it, too? Yeah, I, I think it was, you know. We, we don't shy away from the fact that our start point was that statistic about men versus women when it comes to skin cancer. Yeah. And we, we dug a lot into why that was. And again, you know, it's this thing, there's no good reason not to protect your skin. But the reality is, is men were often put off by what I would classify as cosmetic reasons. They don't like the feel of it. They don't like the fragrance. They think the brand is too feminine for them. There are all yeah. these things happen. But at the same time, our focus was on products that got rid of some of those. And also, you know, men have body hair. So a lot of the time it's a different, that's a different consideration when it comes to applying products. But at the same time, none of that changes that we wanted to produce high performance products that were non-greasy, that stood up to being put to the test, whether or not you're out on a you know long cycle or run or walk, but even day to day when you're just on a commute. Um, and, and the reality is, is they're products that um, 
every uh, man or woman are looking for and, uh, yeah. and want to have available to them. So this is these kind of, I, I, you know, we, we think of them as high performance products. So, you know, that was it. And, and again, our mission remains, you know, to halt the increase in skin cancer, which is across men and women. So um, okay. no one's quite safe from it. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, from the high performance side, I can absolutely speak to it for, for anyone listening out there, especially I know there's a lot of windsurfers that listen to this podcast. Um, I, I used it in the summer windsurfing and I have, I don't have much hair on my head. So any sun cream I put on my forehead, anything like that, it goes straight in my eyes. Um, and I, I borrowed, uh, my friend had a, a thing of, uh, the th- factor 30, uh, life jacket. And I put that on and it, it doesn't go into your eyes at all. And I, it was remarkable. That's never how, ha- and I'm famously awful at putting sun cream on and usually put it on five minutes before I go in the sea, um, which apparently you're not meant to do, but, um, yeah, I, I, I did that and it still didn't go in my eyes. So, um, I can, I can very much speak to it. Um, yeah, it, it works and I've never, and honestly, yeah, in, in the 12 years I've been windsurfing, I've never had one that has done that before. Maybe, nice maybe one that. or two. Um, so yeah, it, I, like, well, I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. No, no. I, and that this isn't, again, this isn't me blowing smoke up your ass. It, it genuinely, um, it genuinely did work. Um, it was brilliant. Yeah. As a, as a follically challenged man, getting cream in your eyes is something that drives me up the wall. Um, yeah. when I, when but I, yeah, that's another, I mean, that's another big thing on that. For example, you know, we speak to loads of those guys who, yeah, you know, receding hair or telly ball or, or, or shortening hair, whatever it is, and they're looking for a product they can use on their head or scalp as well, yeah. because, you know, they're obviously that, that the top of our heads are the most exposed. And, you know, we've had some really, it's just, uh, it, we genuinely, uh, one of the, be- the great things for us, and I mean this wholeheartedly, is we get, we get, you know, chatting to people and people reach out to us and say, oh, you know, Jenny, thanks so much. I, I was struggling to find a product and now, you know, I'm com- I feel confident and happy to go outside. Uh, I didn't before. Um, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's just, um, it's fantastic when you sort of, you hear that people are, feel they found a product that works for them and it means that they can go out and do what they want. Because the, the massive, massive thing for us is our message isn't about, isn't about sort of, well, the best thing you can do is never go outside and lock yourself yeah, in the basement. Yeah. You know, we were like, we all grew up playing and loving sport and different things. We want everyone to go outside, do their things, whether that's windsurfing, tennis, you know, cricket, rugby, skiing, yeah. whatever it is. Or again, just being out in the park. It doesn't matter. We want everyone to go out there. Like it's absolutely it's just take that simple step of protecting your skin before you do it. And you're, um, you're free to run. Yeah. How, um, I suppose a, a bit of a personal, well, question to, to sort of finish it off. Um, and given that I've just said it, maybe it's a bit weird, but like how, for me, when someone comes up and tells me they love the podcast and stuff, I, I, I basically start crying and have a bit of a meltdown of things, especially if I've not met them before. How how have you dealt with that? Because obviously, you know, even regardless of when you when you set Life Jacket up and, and you know, the, the frustrating time with the pandemic and everything like that, it, it, it seems to have just gone strength to strength. Um, obviously, I've had friends, very close friends who, who have been involved uh, with the brand Max. Uh, Max Rowe, yeah. who I've also had on the podcast, he, he, you know, you guys have been supporting him for a while, so I've kind of seen it through that, and then um, it, it's obviously done well. How, how do you, how do you deal with all this praise you get and things? Because you clearly got such a passion for it. Um, I don't, how- I don't get enough of it. No, <laughs> <laughs> take note. Um, yeah, yeah it's, I'm, I'm dead inside. No, it's not. It's not like you know. I think the um, and a, a large part of it is courtesy of uh, a big part is I work with Melanoma UK, and you're dealing with people. You know, you, you get you get plugged into a community of people that either themselves or loved ones, friends and family have, you know, melanoma has been a part of their lives, uh, something they are dealing with on an ongoing basis or something that they, that's thankfully behind them. And, you know, what, I guess what I'd underestimated or didn't realise was that 
people having confidence to be outside and it sounds like such an obvious thing we would all take for granted but going about you know if you've had that scare be it yourself or, or someone close to you but then you know having that confidence then go back out and be outside and, and wow. know that you're safe and protected from something and by the way this isn't true like that, that's true of any sun protection product right I, I, that's not unique to us it's anyone that takes that step to then look after their skin on an ongoing basis but you know we do get some genuine really like touching and moving communications from people mm. that have really struggled and you know with some pretty serious skin conditions as well beyond just the cancers yeah and um you know in between sort of you know spinning plates as, as you do with any brand i mean trying to get it up and running off the ground it's like when those emails hit it, it is that thing of like genuinely this is why we're doing it um yeah. it's it really is it's, it's a fantastic thing so um yeah it, it gen it really does it 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 means a lot to us uh when we yeah. get that kind of stuff from people so um yeah we never never take it for granted Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Re reaffirming the purpose, I suppose yeah. I say. Um, and that's, that's really, that's really interesting. You said it, it, it's always like things on, on the fringes of like, um, you know, or the, the extremes of like a condition, you know, things like that, whether it's like the mental health stuff I've discussed before or what you've said there, I suppose I wouldn't have even thought of that. I wouldn't have even thought that there's people that have suffered to the point with, with skin cancer or something like that, where they go, I can't, I can't go out in the sun. You know, of course, like growing up in Scotland, people always made jokes about, my ginger friends that they couldn't go outside in the sun and things you know but like beyond <laughs> beyond that taking it seriously oh. I, i'd never i'd never really thought about it so i can i can imagine why having something that actually works so that you can put on your face or your arms or or, or, or you know even an affected area or whatever and you go yeah, and a lot of the time if, you know, if someone has had a skin cancer diagnosis and they will be speaking to their dermatologist about it the pretty much without fail the dermatologist will always say from this day on you need to be wearing SPF every single day or you know a UV right. protection product like that is I mean we should all be doing that anyway it's reiterated obviously when anyone's yeah. in front of a dermatologist mm -hmm. and they they're dealing with this that it's, it's what they say use it yeah. and um but yeah you know it's, it's it's all these things um and again it's like so much of this sort of you wouldn't be aware of that as a worry or a consideration until you're involved in it and then you see it of course um and yeah but it's um yeah it's um it, it's it's just it's it's really lovely to yeah yeah, it's pre prevent preventative rather than rather yeah. than treat rather than treatment. Um, Absolutely, you know, it's the same. Yeah, to be said with you know going to therapy or or anything like that. You know, do it do it before something bad happens. And Get ahead don't of it. Have to Absolutely. worry about it. Get ahead of it. Exactly. Um, well, Jono, I mean, thank you, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Um, that's been a remarkable conversation. You know, it's it's one of those things. I suppose, like I said, I know a lot of people that listen to this. Uh, all of you listening right now. Um, you know, you do a lot of water sports generally, uh, you know, a lot of the guys listen, especially windsurfing and things like that. You know, we are in the sun a lot um, and it is something that we we kind of don't think about, especially men. And they go, well, I don't need to wear, you know, sun cream almost. It go, does go back to that in, invincible thing. Um, but hopefully this conversation has enlightened you that that is not the case and putting sun cream on is cool. Yeah. And yeah, the other thing I would just say for, for you and uh, you know, a large part of your listeners is that, um, you know, anything where you're on water, you're almost doubly exposed because UV rebounds off the water. So it gets you on the way down, it gets you on the way up. So, you know, I'd put anyone in the, the windsurfing, kitesurfing, surfing bracket in space as high risk mm. for just that reason. So, um, yeah, it really is something that, um, yeah, something that should be addressed. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, before we go, Jono, uh, tell us where where people can find out more about Life Jacket. Where can they where can they follow uh, you guys and see see where can they send really to? nice emails to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can they send you a lovely, heartwarming email about how much you've helped? Them? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean we're we're on um, we're lifejacketskin.com um, is the site and lifejacketskin is the handle on social. So yeah. you know, do the show. I think the the other thing that we we aren't. It's still myself, Bill, and Rob. We answer every single email. We speak to everyone one on one. There's no kind of you know, automated anything. We just, we love speaking to people. We love, you know, listening and understanding the various preferences and motivations when it comes to skin health and UV protection. So um, get in touch any which way and um, we'll answer any questions. We'll take on any feedback. Uh, we'll listen to anything. So uh, please do get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, there you go, guys. That's it. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at the After Hours Lounge. Uh, you can head to the link in my bio there if you like what I'm doing, and you can buy me a beer. As I say I'm not really drinking at the moment, but you can still buy me that. I'll buy a Coke Zero instead. But as I say, all this talking is thirsty work. Um, thank you so much to Jono for coming on. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks for having me, Sandy. Cheers. I, I hope you guys have got a lot out of that, um, and we will see you for the next one. <laughs>